Hello and welcome to the Katie Helper Show. This is a special emergency stream based on a live stream that was recorded December the 12th, Sunday, December 12th. As you'll see, it's with Randy Credico and Roger Waters. And we want to make sure that people know about the protest uh, rally and press conference at the British consulate in New York City to protest the decision to extradite Julian Assange. So people are meeting, including Roger uh, Waters, Randy Credico, and myself. People are meeting Monday, December 13th at 12 noon at the British Consulate. That's 885 2nd Avenue at East 47th Street, the northwest corner. So again, that's at the British Consulate at 885 2nd Avenue at East 47th Street. And this is a protest and press conference drawing attention to the extradition of Julian Assange that must be stopped. Gabriel Shipton will also be there, the brother of Julian Assange, and hoping to see as many of you there as possible. Hello, everyone. You're listening to The Katie Helper Show, and I'm your host, Katie Helper. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And as always, remind you that this show could not happen without the support of our listeners. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show, where for just $1 a month, you can help make the show happen. And for $5 a month, you'll qualify for great bonus content, including an alternative podcast feed and rarely seen clips that aired on our live shows. Hello, and welcome to the Katie Helper Show. And we are live. So excited to be bringing you this great show today. Um, with uh, amazing guests, Roger Waters and Randy Credico. And we're talking about something, of course, very important, and that is the um, Julian Assange case. We'll be talking about uh, what's happened and also about what we can do about it. Um, Welcome everyone who's watching uh, and listening to the Katie Halper Show and want to thank everyone who tuned in Wednesday when we had a stream for Stephen Donziger. That was uh, something that Crystal Ball and Brianna Joy Gray and Marianne Williamson and I, we joined forces and we did the stream for Steven Donziger and that was great. And then we uh, learned that the next day he was allowed to serve the rest of his term, his prison sentence from home. So it's not done. His case is far from over. Um, Ecuadorians have been paid zero. They didn't get a dime. Um, and of course, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Steve Donziger, well, then you don't watch my show, but I'm not going to alienate people unnecessarily. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, Steve Donziger is the human rights and environmentalist lawyer who successfully sued Chevron for poisoning the water of the Ecuadorian Amazon, which led to higher rates of cancer and birth defects, and for successfully suing Chevron and winning a settlement of $9.5 billion. Uh, his punishment was to be uh, sent to under house arrest and then sent to jail, sent to federal prison. And the good news is that he's allowed to serve the rest of his sentence after over two years in uh, under house arrest with an ankle monitor uh, and a, a couple months in federal prison. He's now allowed to serve the rest of that time at home, which is good, but the case isn't done. We still haven't seen justice. Um, so stand by, follow the hashtag free Donziger. And we'll be bringing you updates, including an update with Steve Donziger himself. But um, that was a great night. And 
yes, it was the Katie Halper show bump. Perhaps the Katie Halper show bump was what was what pushed the prison over the edge to to make that right decision and bring Stephen Donziger home where he's serving the rest of his sentence. Um, so we have a great show tonight and I'm just going to get started because it's such an important thing to talk about and I'm not going to, you know, we can, we, we'll joke around another time. We can go over headlines another time, but this is time sensitive. And um, I'm going to bring in our guests, our illustrious guests. Oh, by the way, of course, guys, subscribe to this channel. Just hit subscribe and then press the bell. Share this stream right now. Just share it on social media. Like the stream. All of these are ways you can just help the show for absolutely no money whatsoever. It's just a free way of supporting the show, getting the message out there. If you want to throw down uh, some some dollars or rupees or what have you, depending on where you are, of course, you can do that at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. But really do. You got to just you got to do this, guys. Hit like button, share and subscribe because that's the, the effort required is very low. All right, so really excited. Look at this. We got someone from somewhere else, another country, calls me Hapler. You've really inspired with this one. I'm on an email flurry trying to organize for Assange. Let's do it. All right, yeah, let's do it. Thank you, Pink Flamingo. So without further ado, bringing on Roger Waters and Randy Credico. Hello, Roger. Hello, Randy. Hey, Good afternoon. Gotcha. Good evening. Good evening. That was a very nice Alfred Hitchcock impression. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Wait, to me or case, Roger? I should have explained he's a comic. Oh, yeah. Right. So I so used to be. Randy is a, 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 com- a very good comedian. In fact, you should right. do some of your impersonations on this show. Mix it up. Just not yeah. now. Just not now. Yeah, so your best assignment. Just kidding. Um, uh, like Augustine said to to God, give me chastity, God, just not yet. That was Aquinas or Augustine? I can't remember. It was before my time, either way. Anyway. I've read all hello. of their works, but it's been a, a long time. I'm a the Diogenes, the Greek uh, cynic. We're okay. all, you have to speak more slowly, Katie. If you okay. Will. Thank you. Maybe it's the, is it the language <laughs> thing? Is it the Longustine? Quite possibly. Okay. Well, hang on, hang on, that's my dog. Hey! I want to see. No, Grammy has got a shade like sweet Georgia Brown. Apparently. Oh, oh my Georgia God, it's really Brown. cute. That's sweet they Georgia all die in one aside really for sweet Georgia Brown. I'm telling you why. Okay. You know, I don't lie. Not I much. Get you in a bit. Okay, baby. All right, cheers. Wow, that's a cute dog. Yeah. The missus has been making a lot of cameos lately. Yeah, she has. Yeah. She's really good at that. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Um, can you tell us what your thoughts are? We're going to talk about what we can do about it, but just want to know what your thoughts were on the verdict. Were you surprised? Were you expecting this? Not surprised, completely disgusted, but not surprised at all, neither of us. We've we've actually had some. I should I should put you in the picture, Katie. Randy had a show earlier this afternoon uh, with Gabriel Shipton, who is um, Julian's brother, uh, and me. Well, and Niels Meltzer, most importantly, who, who is, we had on Friday on Useful Idiots. Exactly. So we're all. It's like a weird kind of 
Scottish country dance where we exchange, occasionally exchange partners. But basically, right. we're all dancing the same dance and in consequence, it's extremely moving and good because although, um, the you know, 340 million Americans who are not watching us now on the Katie Halper show are sort of unaware that their life is being destroyed in front of their very eyes. And they're going, what's he talking about? If they could see this, they'd be going, who's this? What's he talking about? This is nonsense. Honey, go and get another, you know, Domino's pizza or whatever it might be, or if they're lucky enough to be able to afford a fucking Domino's pizza. But actually, this is extremely important. I'll, I'll stop again now because... I got into a bit of a flow earlier, but... Oh, by the way, before I stop, there is a protest outside the British consulate at 12 noon tomorrow. I will be there, Randy will be there, lots and lots of people will be there. The best thing in the world... I'll be there. Alpo will be there. The best thing in the world would be would be if there were like a million people there, which is what there should be, because these motherfuckers are destroying the world as we know it in front of our eyes. And they're doing it by saying that they don't care about human rights and they don't care about the law, almost more importantly, because without the law, human rights are meaningless. There has to be a recourse to a judicial body where ordinary people can go to get justice. It's interesting, in the preamble, I was listening to you talking about Stephen Donziger and the whatever. So it's sort of similar, though far less important, Stephen. Happy you're home with Laura and whatever, but... Um, the people of Ecuador should be able, have recourse to the law, just as the same as you and I and Julian Assange should have recourse to the law. And the law should not be something that the ruling elite decides, lock him up, cut off his head. This is not Alice in Wonderland, or it shouldn't be, but it's turning into it fast. I'll stop talking. No, I, don't, I like what you're saying, Roger. That's absolutely, uh, you know... It's very difficult to follow uh, those words of wisdom. I, mean, this, I thought it was very coherent. I no, I, I said it's hard to follow. All right, I know. I wouldn't like, want to follow him on stage yeah. as a performer or as a speaker. But uh, I was pretending you, know, you were saying hard to follow along with. But yeah, well, it is. It's hard for any of us old people to follow. I say, yeah. Randy, it's hard to follow, isn't it? Anyway. You know, I was on the subway yesterday in New York. I've, I've been. Uh, I went. I went down to D.C. last week uh, with uh, and met up with Gabriel and uh, some other people. And I uh, and my, you know, my dog died along the way. And coming back, I uh, I've been here the whole time, and this, this has been uh, a great diversion for me. Uh, and but this is really significant and important. But I was on the subway yesterday for the for the first time in a long time. Uh, going up but to meet Gabriel for uh, uh, dinner at my friend Steve Brown's house, who's a big supporter of Assange. And uh, I looked at everybody on that subway, going there and coming back. Everyone was on their fucking cell phone. Everybody, uh, that it was like an opium den. Everybody was on their cell phone. They couldn't give a shit about Julian Assange. They don't care about uh, Steve Donziger. There's 340 million. I saw 40 of them in one car 
who don't give a shit out of the 340 million that are not watching this show, didn't watch my show. Uh, and uh, and that, that is the problem. You know, it's no different than it was uh, in, in 1840. Most people didn't give a shit that there were slaves, uh, you know, that were being beaten and whipped and forced to work for nothing. Uh, they didn't care. But there were people out there that did care, just like Roger Karras, you care. There was a small group back then. There were there was William Lloyd Garrison. There was uh, people that gave up their lives, uh, like uh, like uh, you know, I can't even think of the writers right now because my brain is soft. But there were a lot of people that gave up their lives, but nobody really cared. They didn't show up. Cornell West and I talked about this that oh, would not show up at the fucking. Uh, events in 1840, but in 1850, 51, 52, and after the Fugitive Slave Law, they began to pay attention. They read, they read Harry Beecher Stowe's uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin, and it, and it galvanized uh, a lot of individuals to participate in the anti in the abolition movement. And that's what we got here. We 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 are still in the early stages here for Julian Assange. When people start to know, when they do find out about what you've done, what Roger has done, and what Niels Melzer wrote, and they get that book, maybe it will, uh, you know, kindle uh, some kind of a major movement, but it's not there yet. It's not there yet. And the public is is hooked on their cell phones, they're hooked on McDonald's, they're hooked on Netflix, whatever. They're totally diverted from what things that really impact them really impact them in the future. This is really significant. I, I told Julian Assange about this. I said, maybe I should, uh, you know, you're one of those writers from the 1840s, like Elijah Lovejoy is the one I'm thinking of, and David Walker. Elijah Lovejoy was an abolitionist in Illinois, uh, a Quaker that had a newspaper and they kept the, the pro-slavery forces, kept throwing his uh, printing press into the Missouri River uh, and he would like rebuild it. And they finally killed the guy in 1837. I've got, I have to interrupt because I'm not sure you should be bringing up the model of how all these people like you and me and what and Katie were up in arms in 1840 about uh, slavery as if it's gone away because it hasn't gone away. And it hasn't. As a model yes. of how we might move things, and that ten years later it's all going to be, you know, it's all going to be good. Not that I'm criticizing you. For, for no, no, I I agree with you. No, that's okay. not the point I was going to make. The point is, back then there was a movement, and it and it uh, got better and better. The movement got bigger and bigger. Uh, of course, it relapsed right after 1873, and you had. Uh, you had convict leasing and you had the, the drug war, you had Jim Crow, all of that. And then you had the civil rights. It's, it's, it's relapsed again. It's still fucked up I in this country for African-Americans because that's what I did for the for I had to I had to stop 15 years going to prisons in this country, in this state, made 200 prison visits. And it's you go in there. It's everyone is black or Latino. And so we still have slavery in this country. May as well call it slavery. Uh, you're right. But Julian Assange said to me, look, the difference is, is that people back then, those writers, those abolitionist writers, they were only despised by a certain element in this country. And that would be the slave power in the South and their uh, con their, their Confederate North that it profited from slavery, like Fernando Wood, who was the mayor of New York at the time, with Tammany Hall. 
And he was the guy who led the fight against the 13th Amendment. So uh, those are the only ones that that uh, were uh, were furious with uh, the abolitionist writers. Today, Assange, everybody hates Assange. He That's what he said. He says, I piss off everybody because he doesn't, it, there's no, you know, it's not left, right. It's not Democrat, Republican. He is a fucking publisher and he pisses off everybody and he doesn't care. And he hasn't cared. So that's the distinction, and I'll 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 cede over to Roger over here because well, uh, well, he made can a, I very ask you guys a question. Yeah. yeah, which is you? Who have you you spoke to Gabriel? What um sure. what is the information we should know from um, those who have spoken to Julian? I mean, what how how much contact has he had with his partner Stella, with his brother Gabriel, with his father? Um, what have they said? How do they were they able to talk to him since the verdict was announced? You know, you want to say you know, what what I, I spoke to Gabriel, but yeah, he hasn't. He, you know, his father is crestfallen. He's there in Australia. Uh, we all knew that this was 99 percent possible, this decision by this rigged court. These the, the, the main judge who's best friends with uh, the the worm of all worms, which is Alan Duncan, who called Julian Assange a miserable worm. Who the fuck is this guy to call Julian Assange a miserable worm? A guy like that, Alan Duncan, who supports well, means, well, Randy means. I'm going to paraphrase. Is no, Julian hasn't said anything as far as we know. I know. No one's been in contact with him. Well, well maybe but not. Have, but we haven't. Right. Randy hasn't. I haven't. And I haven't. Gabriel hasn't. Well, no, I don't know. They nothing. That Bell song, but I don't know what happened. Exactly. Okay. So, so that's that's an answer to that. You know, tomorrow is so important, though. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. How many? How many, Randy? How many do you think of us will be there tomorrow? Well, I think that it multiplied by fivefold. The fact that you announced earlier today. Uh, so well, it went. Uh, all right, I, you can be humble about it, but it it helps. That, that Gabriel's going to be there. This started out on when we did our show Saturday with you and Nils and and Craig Murray and, and the other and John Pilger. You know, it was just right then spontaneously someone said, "Let's have a rally on that same day on Monday." So it's mushroomed. I, it, right now, it's tenfold, I would say, from what we started with. And I think tonight, with all the mobilization and using social media, you'll you'll tweet it out. I know that that there will be a rally on Monday at 12 p.m. right on Second Avenue and 47th Street on the northwest corner. It's 888. Forget about it. You just say the northwest corner of uh, of, uh, of Second Avenue on 47th Street. And there'll be a rally there and a, a lot more people will come. Of course, you know, the fact that you're lending your name to this and, and you're appearing, you're coming all the way in. Uh, who wants to come into fucking Manhattan on a Monday when the traffic is sucks? Uh, but you're doing it. And, um, you know, Margaret Ratner Kunz is going to be there. Uh, a lot of people that I know are now showing up. I, I It's been tweeted all over the place. It I, I think it's going to be good. And not only is it going to be good. A, a, a nice uh, attendance tomorrow, but it's going to inspire other people to do the same thing. This is the beginning of a response to what happened Friday, and people are fed up. Roger said it the other day. You know, get the asses of the masses on the street. That's what we, Pilger said the same thing. We can't rely on the mainstream media and this rigged 
fucking uh, lackey, uh, you know, uh, state uh, called the UK, which is totally controlled by the US. They're not an independent country. We control them and they do as we say. And so we can't rely on them. We can't wait for a fucking like it's like a Hail Mary. We've got to do it, not wait for them. We're waiting for them. Uh, uh, Yeah, you're right, Randy, obviously. But this afternoon earlier, I said, Kelly, write down whatever Neil Meltzer said just now, because that's my speech tomorrow. I'm going to read that out because Neil, he keeps, you know, he's calm and he's obviously he's got a massive IQ. He's extremely. This is the special. Special rapporteur on torture, the UN special rapporteur on torture, who Roger is talking about right now. Yeah. Who's just written a book, which uh, the English version comes out on February the 8th. Get it? I've, I got a PDF. The trial book. of Julian Assange. It's the great. Julian Assange, yeah. But, and, but what it's about, and because Niels Meltzer, as he explains ad nauseam, had bought some of the. Yeah. Uh, Julian Assange propaganda about raping women in Sweden, which is completely made up bullshit. Never happened. There was never any truth in a single word of it. But unfortunately, the Swedish government and the Swedish police connived with the Americans to spread this story, even though there was there was nothing in it for nothing, not a single scrap of truth. In any of it, but they and the media, the mainstream media, sold it to the general public. So that I, I suffered this a lot when I would I would be you know in fairly polite society talking about Julian, and I would see particularly women wrinkling their nose. Oh no, he's it wasn't he that chap who interfered with those women? And what I used to get really angry under those circumstances, and then everybody kind of you know, folds their arms and they don't want to hear what you've got to say because they bought the propaganda. And then it was him smearing feces or skateboarding over his fucking cat in the Victorian embassy or whatever it was. They spread it and spread it and spread it. So what Randy was just saying now about how Julian was saying how unpopular he is, they succeeded in creating this distasteful object out of one of the greatest men of the 21st and 20th century. This is the one man who has made a real contribution to saving us from our nightmare dystopian version of 1984 with the Ministry of Truth. But now Joe Biden and fucking uh, Blinken and, um, you know, Merrick Garland, they are the Ministry of Truth. Now, are they not? You're frowning at me. No, that's sorry. When I when I think about stuff I, that makes me upset, I frown. I'm sorry. I'll stop frowning. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. So I'll frown. they are the Ministry of Truth, and they have decided that actually Julian Assange is a really bad person who should be killed. So they're killing him. What? There is no evidence. There's not a single shred of evidence anywhere in the world to suggest that Julian Assange should spend a single second locked up anywhere. Not a single shred of evidence. And if we had a rule of law, 
you know, which is part of the platform I stand on. I stand on the platform which says human rights are important. And in order, i.e. Paris 1948, December the 10th, weirdly enough, that, you know, and however many years later, December the 10th is the day that Lord Chief somebody or other decides that Julian can be extradited to America to be killed. Hey, hold on a minute. What about human rights? What about Julian Assange's human right to a day in court, in a real court with real law? He shouldn't even be in court. It's quite clear to anybody with an IQ above room temperature that he has committed no crime of any kind. Let me say this to the fucking camera. Julian Assange has committed no crime of any kind, save one minor bail infringement, right. for which served way beyond any possible sentence that anybody could ever impose on another human being. So here it is. It's right in front of your eyes. The fact that Julian Assange is still banged up in Belmarsh prison shows you that the world has been taken over by a ruling elite who are tyrannical. There is no recourse to the law unless we all take to the streets and say no. Imagine yes. yourself in... I agree with that. And, and you take that call. You know, this is... Uh, it's my alarm for the show, which is supposed to start now. Why don't we start from the beginning and I'll take the hat off. It was... Um, you're right uh, that he has not committed. He hasn't committed a crime. The whole the bail jumping thing was obviated by the fact that there was no charges. So the fact that he that he was sentenced to six months for bail jumping, even though the charge there were never any charges, uh, they were never uh, uh, they were never put out there. They were never the, the Swedish government. All all the the Crown Prosecutor Services did was have them make it look like there were charges. There were never any, he made that clear. There were allegations that the Crown Prosecutor Services, which is the, uh, you know, a lackey of the U.S. Justice Department, uh, they uh, they kept it going. They said they collaborated. They they not colluded, they, 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 they forced them to keep the charges or the uh, investigation going so they could keep them tied up in that fucking embassy all that time yeah exactly exactly we we know what's i mean we do know what's going on this is what's so frustrating i'm looking at the camera again we all know what's going on yeah julian assange was sent irrefutable evidence that the united states of america's armed forces were murdering people illegally in Iraq, a foreign country that they'd also invaded illegally, okay, in Baghdad with 30 millimeter machine guns, mowing them down and really enjoying it. It's all yep. on film. Chelsea Manning sent that film to Julian Assange, who had started a news operation for specifically that purpose and made that footage available, among others to me, because it's in my show, The Wall. For the next four years, it was on in my show, on the screen, 
every night because I was so appalled. So he did that. So now they're trying to kill him because he exposed the fact that they, and by inference, by the way, 340 million of you Americans are war criminals. Well, you're not. Obviously, the people who ordered that to happen and all your armed forces and the helicopter pilots and the gunners are war criminals. But somebody has to be tried for that, not the guy who told you it had happened or passed on the fact that it had happened or Chelsea Manning or any other whistleblower. They are the heroes Chelsea Manning is a heroine. Absolutely. Julian Assange is a hero for providing you with this stuff. But it's a bit like, imagine it. I know you're not supposed to ever bring up the Third Reich or Adolf Hitler or anything. What's that stupid thing that says any other? Godwin's Law. Exactly. Thank you. Well, I don't believe in that. It's bullshit. Imagine, you know, concentration camp guards wearing a fucking, you know, camera in his lapel. They didn't have them then. And you see it all. And somebody smuggles it out. And some good German in the Wehrmacht or something gives it to a journalist. And the journalist exposes it and puts pictures in the newspapers and whatever. Imagine what Goebbels and Goering and Hitler do. They have him fucking killed. That's exactly what is happening to Julian Assange now. Even though we all now can sit around and go, how heroic that would have been for somebody to be telling the truth about what that regime was doing to those people there. But murdering people in Baghdad, fuck them. Is that yeah. right? I'm talking to 340 million people. No, it's not. It's not right. It's wrong. You should never have been in Baghdad in the first place. It's a whole different story. But murdering people? Yeah, well, I don't, you know, look, why? I want to know as a taxpayer, even though I don't pay a lot of taxes because I don't make a lot of money, but as a taxpayer, I should know. I have the fucking right to know what is going on, and they can't hide it from us. The CIA and the FBI and, and the Department of Justice and the DOJ, uh, I mean, the DOD, they have no right. This is our fucking country. We pay their salaries uh, and uh, they have no right to suppress information. And nobody- I'm going to interrupt you because you're so completely right. But what this is about, the Assange case, is them providing the precedent that says, yeah, we can. We don't care about the law. We can hide it from you because what we're telling you here is if you do tell Randy what's going on, we're going to fucking kill you. Right. There's no ifs, buts, and we don't care about the law. We never did. We never had any interest in habeas corpus. The right to appear before a jury of your peers, the right to present evidence, all of the rights that they would tell you are are involved in jurisprudence in the United States. They're now saying, no, none of that is important. You either do as we say or we will kill you. 
And they're saying it really openly. And they also say it every time they drop a fucking predator missile on a wedding in the Yemen. They're saying exactly the same thing. Do as we tell you or we will kill you. And that's... But this is right in front of our eyes on 2nd Avenue in front of the British consulate, and it's happening now in real time, and it's completely obvious to everyone, and they're it's doing it state. anyway. The UK isn't... is a vassal state of the U.S. That's it. They used to – we fought against the, uh, the Brits uh, in 1776, whatever. Now – they are our vassal state. They do what we want them to do. There's no independence there. And this whole fucking thing has been rigged. It's a kangaroo court. The guy from Australia, what a, you know. Oh, yeah. Isn't that ironic? Isn't, uh, it's ironic or it's, uh, yes, it is. Uh, so they are now playing hard. Trying to make them feel home. They were trying home. to make it look like this thing was fair. That this was, uh, they're giving him his due. But, you know, since not we, we, you, brought up, you brought up Ziggy a couple of weeks ago in your show, Katie, uh, and, and what oh, they yeah, did, third the thing, collusion yeah. of, uh, of the, the, uh, the yeah. CPS and the Swedish prosecutors and, and, and the UC Global stuff and, and the attempts to murder yeah. him. All of that yeah, stuff. That. This yeah. is like, you know, back in the 70s, I, a couple of times I went to Studio 54 and if you were black, it didn't matter what kind of fucking identification you had, you couldn't get in. If you showed your license, they'd say, what else you got? Uh, here's my, uh, here's my, uh, you know, uh, my birth certificate. What else you have? And they would just keep, they weren't going to let them in. They're not going to let him win this. And so the only way we are at a sit at a, a point at a juncture that the only way that we can uh, get some justice here or resolve this uh, is to uh, mobilize on the streets. We can no longer rely on some kind of like we we believe that the Brits have some semblance of independence right. and they have some semblance of justice. We I can no longer rely on that. that Katie, sorry. Oh no, I just want to read one comment, bef uh, which is that bomb, bomb hills, not people. Um, writes uh, Chelsea Manning kept me from joining the Marines. Took the ASVAB and scored in the high nineties. At the same time that video was leaked, I didn't want to turn into a killing machine. So this is a comment from a viewer, which I think speaks to one of the reasons that Assange and uh, Manning are so dangerous, right? Because the more they expose things like this, you have people who would literally apparently, you know, n refrain from decline joining the Marines. Um, so the things that they're exposing are things that are obviously incredibly inconvenient to the. Well, that, that, I, love that. I love that that woman, you see, a woman has sent this in. Whoever it was, man or woman, it doesn't really matter. Sex is irrelevant. But that Chelsea Manning's example got somebody to stop from joining the Marines because they would. I've worked with veterans a, quite a lot, actually. I, I, I kind of started a band with veterans from Walter Reed and we did shows and we blah, 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 blah. We didn't talk politics, but we did all that thing. And so, oh, I don't know why I'm telling you that. It's kind of irrelevant. 
it's irrelevant to the conversation about is the law important or not? If it's not, you can go along with Joe Biden and Merrick Garland and Blinken and all the rest of them and Schumer and Pelosi and all the Republicans. They're all the fucking same. Go along with them. The law is not important. Nobody gives a shit. We don't care. They could all get together in a room and if they were honest, they would say, we don't care about the law. It's an illusion. It's something that we pretend is real, but it's not. We decide what is legal and what isn't legal, and 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 you have no access to it. Ordinary. I want to. I want. I got to interject here. One point here before I forget is I spoke to Michael Isakoff today, who uh, in Yahoo News uh, revealed the. You know who he is. And, you yeah. know, about journalists the, who like, revealed yeah. how the CIA considered yeah, um, and talked so, about kidnapping or killing know, I, I saw so him. I had dinner okay. with him in, in, in D.C. on Sunday. So I spoke to him tonight. He he spoke to two of the most progressive staffers in D.C. I'm not I'm sure I'm not supposed to reveal this. I'm certainly not going to reveal their names uh, today. Uh, I mean, the other day. And he revealed to me, says, uh, when he brought up Julian Assange, he said, no, we don't want to have anything to do with Julian Assange. These are staffers for the most progressive. And you've seen them in action uh, during the uh, prosecution of, uh, of Trump. You're talking about the squad. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. I'm, I, I, you know, you didn't, you're no, you're talking about like staffers for the, the, in the administration. Are, these are, are be, someone more senior than the squad uh, that uh, are are. are on the, you know, you see them. Yeah, I just hope they're all prepared to have blood on their hands. We don't have anything. There's no way we want to meet with anybody. We don't want to have anything to do with Assange, okay? They're Democrats. Of course they don't. I mean, I I make this point sometimes. Yeah, they don't care about the law. They don't care about rule of law. corrupt, just like the Republican Party. The whole system is completely corrupt. Hey, you 340 million people. The whole political system in this country is completely for sale. Yeah. Well, it is. You it know, is for right. the law. I fucking argue with that. It's for sale. It's for sale. Also, something that I, I, mean, I said this a lot. Uh, the other day when Matt Taibbi and I on Useful Idiots, you make sure you check this uh, really good episode out. We interviewed uh, Nils Melzer, who is the UN Special Rapporteur on Torture, who uh, Roger was talking about before, Roger and Randy. But he, what's so fascinating about him is that he, as Roger alluded to, started as a kind of Assange skeptic. Like he was drinking the Kool-Aid. And this is a guy who is incredibly objective and incredibly um, kind of uh, tries to be impartial and not emotional and and not be swayed by things besides facts. And he himself found himself kind of uh, hypnotized by the by the narrative about Assange so much that when Assange's lawyers asked him for help, he at first dismissed it. And then he came around. He just looked at the actual evidence of what had happened and realized that, oh, okay, this is a guy who has been tortured. He determined he had been tortured. And that is his lane. He's the special rapporteur on torture for the U.N., and he kind of reluctantly became an uh, an Assange ad champion, uh, even though that's not really his mandate. But he had to do that. He himself kind of turned into a whistleblower because of what he was witnessing and all the corruption 
um, on the part of the British and the uh, U.S. government. But something I brought up to him and I bring up a lot and people who are listening to the show, I can't believe I have to explain this to you guys. Um, I should look into one camera and then look into the other camera. I don't think Obama was a saint. Okay. I'm making the following point though, because I think it's useful to tell people who aren't already with us on Assange. Okay. All you blue, all you libs out there who really love Obama and say that he's a man of rule of law who understands and values the constitution um, and was a great statesman. And you call Trump Cheeto Mussolini and, uh, and someone with dementia um, and, you know, an enemy to our allies, et cetera, et cetera. You should be upset that Joe Biden is siding with Cheeto Mussolini and not with Obama on this one, because Obama decided to stop going after. Look, he should have done. He should have freed Assange, obviously. But Obama decided to stop going after Assange because of the New York Times problem, because he knew that he couldn't actually go after Assange for publishing what he published. He couldn't equate that with um, high crimes, because if he did, then he'd have to also say the New York Times, the Spiegel, El País, The Guardian, all the places that published the thing that were leaked, Roger Waters. Uh, but he'd probably have no problem calling labeling you that. But he'd have to say that they, too, were criminals. So he put a break on that. He put the brakes on it, right? Then you get Donald Trump and Pompeo, who go full press, full court press, and go after um, Assange. So all my liberal friends out there, you should be appalled that Biden is following suit, is following the steps of Donald Trump. You should want him to do what Obama did. You know, you you like that statesman, that whatever, uh, calm, level-headed analysis. You should all be upset and ask Biden what he's doing and tell him that he's he's following in the you know, he's being Trumpian. He is being Trumpian in this. He's being Trumpian. He's deciding yeah. to side with Trump and not Obama. Yeah, well, on this. it's, you know, Trump was afraid at the end. Of the, there was a lot of pressure for him to give Assange a pardon. Uh, but, you know, the CIA said, all right, you can't. That's one thing you can't do. This is a serious fucking situation here. They're upset. They have wars planned. He's in the way. Assange is in a way in the way of their war plans. Uh, Assange is in the way of what the CIA does with the Vault Seven. All of the domestic spying. Everybody should be outraged by this. The fact that the CIA is spying on all of us. They're definitely watching this show right now. I'm not a conspiracy freak, but they are very upset. CIA, please hit like and share the stream. All right, uh, Randy. Five dollar donation in the tip jar. Randy, yes, brother, and you're so right. Julian Assange is our man. He's working for all of us, and he's paying the price for doing a real proper job as a journalist. And he's not the only one. There are other good journalists out there. You're one. You're one. I'm not a journalist, so I can't. I'm not a journalist. I'm a fucking fucking are. You're on the telly. Talk, you know, you have a show and everything. Okay, but but Julian Assange is he's the main one. He he would he was he's our leader. He's the only thing we've got to protect us from the tyranny, from Adolf Hitler and Joe Biden. 
and Donald Trump. I hate to even mention that little prick's name, little fat prick. He's such a nobody. He's such an inconsequential fly on my fucking windscreen. I hate even to mention his name. We all know that. My friend, I have a friend who you mentioned, who meant you, Randy, mentioned Studio 54. And you shockingly told me that they wouldn't let black people into Studio 54 back in the day. I had no idea that that was true. And I'm shocked, shocked beyond all belief to hear it. I never went to Studio 54, although I was something of a celebrity in those days, because it's not my scene. I don't give a fuck about all of that. I don't like it. I hate loud music and people gathered together patting each other on the back for being fucking important or whatever. But a friend of mine did once tell me a story. He said, you know, if you went to Studio 54 back in, this was a guy who sold a lot of marijuana in New York back in those days. Lovely man, not going to mention his name. So he said, you know, it was weird that back in the early days of Trump, after his dad had given him all the money and he was, you know, sticking it around in New York, he would come in and a hush would fall. <laughs> like that. And my friend said, you could see Trump thought it was people, particularly women in the audience, go, hey, that's Donald Trump. Isn't he cute? Oh, I fuck him in a heartbeat and all this kind of crap like that. And actually, the murmur that went round the crowd was men and women, by the way. I don't want to single out the ladies completely. Look at that fucking prick. Who does he... Look at him coming in here with his bodyguards, preening and primping and thinking he's important because his fucking father left him a few million quid that he'd made off, you know, out of being a Rackman landlord in fucking Brooklyn. Racist, racist landlord. What? Yeah. And racist landlord too, yeah. Okay. And I mean, full circle, yeah. And, and, and so, look, he thinks people think he's cool, you know, and they would all be laughing up their sleeves because everybody knew, even then, that he was a complete fatuous prick and that he would never amount to how wrong they were. He became the president of the United States. You know why? Because the Julian Assange's of this world are not allowed to do their job in this country. Who is allowed to do their job? PR firms. The people who tell us what we're supposed to believe. Oh, he's great at business, so he'll be great. No, he's not. He's been bankrupt about 100 fucking times. He's terrible. He's a Fail, as I say in my song, The Boys, a fail, fat fucking landlord. Should he be the one who tells us who should live and who should die? Obviously not. He shouldn't be given a job as a, with no disrespect to school janitors, as a school janitor. Uh, a, hot dog sales. He's disgusting beyond all imagination. Sorry, I mentioned him. Well, That's wait, let me just say, yes, that's all true about him. But the current president... Uh, who's uh, supported uh, Plan Colombia that supported the overthrow in 2009 of Zelaya and uh, yeah. in Libya. Uh, this guy... It's just a professional politician. Yeah, he's a yeah. professional politician, but he's, he's in with them. And, and I know he's he's in like with them. So, they yes, That's they're, they're all into... They're all into... The, the, 
the uh, with the establishment. And he's not going to. I mean, he, I have a friend of mine in the Justice Department that I worked with for two years in a little city called Tulia, Texas, where 46 African-Americans were shanghaied into the criminal justice system. Ten percent of the black population was sent to jail based on the testimony of one officer by the name of Tom Coleman, who's that Klansman. And, and, and she kind of parachuted in at the end. And that is Vanita Gupta. Vanita Gupta is now third in line at the Justice Department. She made her bones because Emily and Sarah Kunzer put her into the documentary that we made, the short documentary, to so-called update it. And we we were there. I had the two year 46 fund. We were there for years and she parachuted in. She made her bones there and she became very popular. And now she's third in line at the Justice Department. She's standing by, standing by, you know. Like saying, like just taking orders. I'm just taking orders. Basically, she should fucking resign. Yeah. Renita Gupta, she should fucking resign right now. Resign. Out and tell Merrick Garland if you don't change this. But you know, she's putting career in front of conscience. Justice Department, when there's no law, when a man is being killed for having committed no crime except that he pointed out that the United States was guilty of massive war crimes. That's all. Nothing else. Well, shouldn't the American public be grateful to this man? They should be building fucking statues to him, say, hey, Julian, thank you so much. I had no idea that this is where my tax dollars went, that this is what I was supporting, that this is why I put a flag in my front garden and raised it every morning and took it down in the evening. You know, uh, thank you, Julian, for pointing this out to me because I am going to make absolutely certain that my voice is heard and we're going to change this. And we can start doing it tomorrow on 2nd Avenue, at 855, whatever it is. 888. Second Avenue, right on the northwest. Starting at noon, right? I'm putting into the description of this YouTube video, actually, right yes, now. On, Can I do on that? 47th, you can't miss it, on the west side of the street, in the direction of the Hudson River, not the East River, there on Second Avenue. There are a lot of people that are going to come, and I'm sure there'll be a big police presence there as well. You know, I'm at the point right now. Well, I'm not going back upstate. I may get arrested for civil disobedience. I mean, we got to do whatever we can right now to save this man. Look at his poor partner. Save this world. Stella Morris. Look at Stella Morris. She's there raising two kids. She doesn't have her partner there. What kind of grief is she going through? Stella Morris right now. You know, Julian's going through his grief. He's in this little fucking cell. It's 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 like a uh, it's like a toll booth. Uh, this brilliant man with a great fucking mind, a great talent, and a great conscience, and he is in our name. We're paying to have him persecuted and destroying his life and the life of his family. Now, I, I want to mention his mother Christine, his father John, and his brother uh, Gabriel. Everyone's totally getting fucked over by this uh, persecution, not a prosecutor, persecution that has been pre-written. And now we know that they were never going to go by the law. You keep saying the law. They said, fuck the law. 
we got to put this motherfucker away. That's what they think. And yeah. it's our job to get out there tomorrow and start and at least set a precedent that we need all to be on the street, not just for us, not just for him, but for all of us. This is has re repercussions on all of us, Roger, as you have said time and again. Monday, December 13th at noon on 42nd, 4-2 or 4? Yes. At, at noon is sharp. There'll be a press conference. Oh, what's the street? At 47th and 2nd 47th, Avenue. 47th, sorry. 47th and 2nd. 47th and 2nd at, Avenue, right there on the uh, northwest uh, corner. You can't miss it. There's like, uh, it's it's the British consulate. Yeah. The more that show up, and 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 like show there is a presence after tomorrow we can't stop after tomorrow we right. have to continue we have to continue whether it be there or or the uh, the british uh, embassy in dc but we've got to continue we got to shine some light like julian assange shined light on the war crimes and the crimes against humanity by the us and the uk and the so the so-called coalition what they did in iraq that was not only illegal, that was immoral. That was a all based on fucking lies. Like when they went into Poland September 1st, 1939, it was all based on fucking lies. The uh, storming of a uh, radio station in, in, uh, in uh, East Prussia, that was all bullshit. And so we've got to be there tomorrow. We've got to be there wherever. I mean, right now we have to be in overdrive. We have to be in overdrive. Otherwise, we're going to be here next year at this time uh, talking about him in, in Alexandria, past. Virginia, oh. in front of a kangaroo court down there in the Eastern District of Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone turn out. Remember, this is someone who tell your liberal friends who think that he's skeevy, that that's not justification for a, that doesn't warrant a death sentence. He's what? Skeevy. What's that mean? Yes, like, what does that mean? Icky. Well, he's not icky. I know. I'm just trying to... Okay, tell him he's not icky. Also, he just, that's no justification. That's, that's what I... Well, he's not icky. Right. But that... Whatever well, that really he... Well, friends, he's not icky. What he's you say? really, really amazingly good man who's done something that none of you could imagine. Right. In your whole life, he's invented this whole thing that may free us all, all of us, from the tyranny of the ruling class. Yeah. Uh, let me uh, put this point in Chuck Slatkin, uh, one of the organizers of the event. Uh, he It's 885 2nd Avenue, okay? okay. Not 888, it's 885, which is 2nd Avenue. And four, that's all you really have to know. There'll Second be all, 40 second, all yeah. people out there. You know. But make sure that people know that, again, Obama thought he couldn't be gone after. He realized he had to stop because it was a violation of. He didn't care that it was due process. He really couldn't have cared less. It was just he, he knew that he couldn't go after uh, uh, Assange without then going after the New York Times. Because again, if, if the crime of, of, of publishing that was so bad, then you couldn't really justify not going after these other publications. 
And then Trump came in and now we're we're on Trump time. Like Biden is president, but he's operating from the Trump book. They went after Daniel Hale. They went after Daniel Hale. They went after Donziger and Daniel Hale, this Justice Department. I'm sorry, Roger, I I, uh, defer to you. Yeah. Well, no, no, I'll I'll just make the point that Obama, I I don't really remember that term very, very clearly, but he did definitely refuse to go after. And I've learned tonight, maybe, that the reason was that if he went after Assange, she'd have to go after the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Guardian and me. And he went, and and that's why he did. Well, no, hold on a minute. That should have nothing to do with the reasoning. Of course, of course. You don't go after him because it's against the law. Right, but we all know that that doesn't that doesn't really matter to these people. Right. Well, I don't. I just don't like the idea. You're sort of protecting Obama in a way by saying. Oh, he did the right. No, I'm not. My only in, I'm trying to give people an argument to give to okay. people who are oh, not right. already with Assange. All right, good. That's all it is. Strategic. I don't bring up. Look, obviously, droning. We don't have to talk. I mean, you don't have to. I'm well aware of that. This is a tool because there are people who have a visceral disgust and they're not. We don't have the time to totally reprogram them and show them that Obama also, you know, was a war criminal. Uh that's like in a couple of years, we'll try to get we, when we re-educate them, when they send, we send them to re- re-education camps. Yeah. Let's remember yeah. one thing that Julian, they say, well, he helped Trump win. Julian Assange did not give a map to the Hillary Clinton campaign that excluded Michigan. With, and Wisconsin. Wisconsin. All right. Yeah, right. He didn't give, a, give her in that campaign a map. That's the reason why she lost. He didn't slip uh, into I, her speech. Depo- I, I, a, a, a basket of deplorables. He didn't slip into I her just speech. couldn't support her. And, you know, and the same thing with Biden. They keep trying to pressure you, extort you into voting and say it's going to get a lot worse. Well, then give me something. Bernie Sanders come out and say, I support Julian Assange. If you don't, I'm not going to support the fucking Democrats. And I'd have to hold my nose really tight to do it again. I think I voted for George McGovern as the last Democrat I voted for for president. My very first vote in 1972. But there's no, you know, I think I voted for uh, Carter in the primary in 76. But other than that, you know, they haven't given me a fucking reason to go out there and vote. You're not going to extort a vote out of me by pressuring me with if you don't, you're going to get hit. Well, no, you do something good. Come out there. Not one fucking Democrat in the House or the Senate will come out and support Julian Assange. Not one. Yeah. What's that all about? That's the Democratic Party is like the Labor fucking party, uh, in, 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 with the exception of Corbyn right. and, in the UK. There's nobody out there. It's a dead fucking party. And it's not a choice. It's not an alternative choice. You're right. They do need the Democratic Party would do well, if I might, just for a minute, be quiet and calm, to support the idea that human rights are important and that the law is important. Yeah, I think we have to go down to uh, D.C., Department of Justice, outside of congressional offices. We have a lot of work to do. This is no time to be resting. Uh, We need to go outside of MSNBC. I'm willing 
I know Chuck is willing to is to get outside of Ari Melber's office and 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 Lawrence O'Donnell's office and all uh, Rachel Maddow's office. Stand out there with that sign and tell the truth as they are. They say it's the lean forward. It's the lean for war station. We need to be outside that little outlet called MSNBC on 49th between 5th and 6th Avenue and start. We really got to get serious here. There's got to be serious mobilization on all fronts. We can't fuck around anymore. We got to go forward. We got to mobilize. We got to organize and move forward and try. We got to stop this from happening. And I don't see it happening any other way where you can't rely on the uh, British judicial system. That is a complete scam. It's beyond Kafka esque. Uh, we've got to do it ourselves. Don't rely on them to do it. We've got, we can't wait for them. We've Just got to call it out, Randy. What? I'm interrupting you. You know how you go on. I do too, so I understand. I just saw a call out down here, though, for Leonard Peltier. Let us never forget. I mean, you know, interest in these figures comes and goes from whatever, but not not many weeks go by without me thinking about Leonard Peltier. He's the greatest. He's the greatest. Well, yeah, and he's in a fucking... There is no law in this country. The powers that be have decided that he's a bad person and that he has to die in prison and that they make that decision and to move it is is extremely difficult and that's a whole different yeah. subject and we wouldn't know about Leonard Peltier if we didn't we don't have a free press what is going on with Leonard Peltier I used to drive Bill Kunzer to the airport back in 92 93 when he was doing his appeal and we'd go down Delancey Street to get on the Williamsburg Bridge it would be loaded with traffic and he would go crazy because of the traffic he says this man is going to die i got you know because he was so involved in the Peltier case and that's already been 34 fucking years i don't know 34 fucking years or 19 whatever 29 years whatever i can add right now but uh you know, Peltier has been rotting in jail. Mumia's been in jail. There's three million Americans that are in jail, most of them black and Latino that are there because of the prison industrial complex. I mean, we can only we need a free press. And without Assange, if he goes, we won't have a free press because they'll go after you, Katie. They certainly no, will. They'll go after all of us. Yeah, they will. They will. They will. We've got to stop it. If we want to help Leonard Peltier, then we got to help Julian Assange right now so we yeah. can have some semblance of a free fucking press in this country, which we know doesn't exist. But we can't, Randy, you, we can't stop it with Katie. We need the 340 million Americans out there to stop it. Because if you don't have law in this country, all of you are screwed. All of you, everyone. Because even if you're... No, never mind. I'm not going to go with that. It doesn't matter. 108, 110 million Germans have, want to stop Hitler. You have to have law or you're screwed. You cannot allow somewhere where the standard issue is allowed to kick in your door and lock you up forever without you having a proper trial before a jury of your peers. You have to reinstitute habeas corpus, which for a start means getting rid of Gitmo. Among okay. other things, but that's another subject in a way. And it's not. It's the same subject, exactly. 
if a guy's got a gun, is he the law? If right. you don't do what he said, bang, you're dead. Is that the law you want? There's no oversight. Well, just hope you're never the guy who doesn't have the gun in his hand, if that's what you want. Also, a reminder that the the star witness in this case is a convicted sex offender and embezzler who uh, admitted to lying. So that's well, something Dahmer, else. Basically, Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer is their main witness. There's no case. There is no case. It's not about right. the case. Yeah, it's not about not. arguing a case. No, it's not. And everyone who's like, oh, but he helped, he helped Trump. They say, or he, they say that like they actually either don't realize that this case has not like just what he was charged with has nothing to do with 2016 or they don't care, which makes them a, like Trumpian. Exactly. So. It's not about Trump. It's not about elections. It's about whether or not a publisher can legally publish the truth or not. And if the answer is, well, it can, but only if it's convenient to the ruling class, yeah. no, that's not good enough. You should be able to publish the truth, whether it's convenient to them or not. Listen, we kill a few Arabs in Baghdad. Who gives a fuck? Shut up. Right. No, that's not good enough. Killing a few Arabs in Baghdad is a war crime, and it should be reviewed, and it should be public. Right, and the only person who has suffered because of those revelations are the people who revealed it, not the actual war criminals. Yeah, of course. It's yeah. total inversion. Nobody's gone to jail for that. I mean, Tony Blair didn't go to jail. Jack Straw didn't go to jail. Well, that's the invasion of Iraq. Yeah, but, but in terms of the collateral murder yeah, video. No, nobody, nobody has been held accountable in any way. Those not, would be the lieutenant pallies. You have to go out to the, the grunts and the helicopters. Well, who hid that shit? Why did they hide that stuff and, instead of saying, oh, we made this mistake and uh, we're sorry about it and we're going to court-martial them? Why didn't they go public with that, the Department of Defense? Why did they hide it from you, well, that, and, you and me? Classified, Randy. Classified. Yes, it's classified. Only crimes are classified. There's yeah. nothing there that's positive that's classified. Only <laughs> things that are ne negative that they classify. Right. Well, it's nearly time for my porridge. Yeah. Well, and this my is my shepherd pie. This is and my I don't know what. You know what porridge is in English, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's not oatmeal. It's not oatmeal. Porridge is jail time. Oh. In English, in verna in, in vernacular English. Yeah. It's porridge. jail time. Yeah. So it means it's nearly time for my jail time. That's what I just said in English. Are you going to get involved in civil disobedience tomorrow, Katie, and go to jail and check out what's going on inside these local jails? Um, I would I'm advise not, against it. Yeah. Uh, I haven't made that decision yet. Neither have I. Randy uh, obviously has. I've made my decision. Yeah. Uh, but it's okay. I'm, I'm packing two pair of underwear. Uh, but I've been arrested. I think you're being a bit of an optimist. Well, I don't know your underwear schedule, but you may want a couple more pairs. Well, yeah. Well, listen, uh, it's it's not a it's it's not a big crime. It, you know, as I said, I mentioned Thoreau and Emerson. Thoreau fought against the uh, war in Mexico, and he got arrested. He did. 
engaged in civil disobedience to arrest him. And Emerson uh, visited him in jail and said, what are you doing here? And he said to Emerson, what are you doing not here, yeah. basically? And so if it takes that, it takes that. You know, if it takes getting arrested, where am I going? I, my dog is gone. I don't want to go back up to where I live. I want to, I'd rather spend the day uh, in central booking. But it's nonviolent passive resistance. And I and I subscribe to that. And, uh, and you know, I will do that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm all for it. I just don't know if I'm going to do it. It's definitely the well, way to go, though. Yeah. It's definitely the moral. Yeah. Thing to do. I mean, he's in jail now for two years. I can suffer twelve yeah. hours in central book, and if he's in yeah. uh, a jail even worse than Rikers, uh, not with only two pairs of underwear. I'll bring four pair. All right. Yeah. And another yeah. shirt. I'll bring. I'll bring two right pair. Now. I'm doing. I'm doing my Roger impression today. I'm wearing black, but yeah. I, you know, I don't have a lot of clothing with me down here, so I went from. Uh, a shirt that I wore earlier with Roger and Niels and, and Gabriel. And I don't have a lot of clothing with me anywhere because I, I went black T-shirt about 60 years ago and I've saw. now I shouldn't because otherwise people will start sending me pictures of me. and Non-black T-shirt? In, yeah, right. What, what's that weird design? I can't remember. It's all Paisley? Cut. Paisley! Yes. You are a fucking genius. How the hell did you know I was going to say Paisley? Yes. Because he did one of these. Oh, yeah. Exactly. You know. An LSD, when you had, like, when you LSD, you would see Paisley's. Well, I never did drugs. Yeah. I tried tried cocaine one day for 20 years. I said, this gives a fuck, Randy. One day for 20 20 years. years. That was funny. Come on. That was funny. That was 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh, what's that a joke? Fuck, why was my listing? Go on. Yeah. That's a good one. Part. I should have used it down there at the uh, at the Theater 80 St. Mark, so I would have received a few laughs. You did yeah. bloody well there, man. Yeah. You, you were hung out to dry there, and you came back dripping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was on the plank, man. I was on the plank, and it was like Billy Budd. I was like uh, hung to fucking dry out there Yeah, on that plank. But uh, you can see that show, by the way, at AssangeCountdownTheFreedom.com, where we have uh, 200 shows on Julian Assange that we did starting in 2017, including three interviews with him, uh, AssangeCountdownTheFreedom.com. If you want to see Roger, you want to see Thomas Drake, you want to see his mother, you want to see Gabriel, his father, uh, and Niels Melzer, 11 interviews. Uh, There's a lot... Two with Stella Morris going way back in 2017. Her and Julian were on the same show together in 2017. And so those are all on Assange Count. I don't want to give my, because I know you have your own website, but there's a big library there at AssangeCountDownToFreedom.com. And you want to go in the past and see as this evolved over the last five years, it's all there. When he was back in that embassy, and I visited him three times. I wanted to talk about the one last time that I visited him on, on November, uh, was it November 9th, uh, 13th? Uh, you can see it at the UC Global website uh, because they videotaped it. I was there in uh, at the London embassy. We were sit, sitting around, got some food from Harrods, and uh, we talked about, we were there three or four hours talking about, one hour talking about dogs. Because he, he missed his dogs. This this man was, so, and, and of course, 
you know, this person after my own heart, when you start talking about dogs, how he missed his his work dogs. They're called blue healers in Australia. They're work dogs, but they're if you look them up, they're actually blue. That was one of the things that he missed. Is not I can't imagine. I've gone a week without my dog, going nine, ten years without having a dog around. Forget about it. So that was that talking about food. We didn't talk about Vault Seven or any other things. We only talked about because uh, he's a he's a decent he's a decent guy. Uh, he's a man with a big fucking heart. A man who wouldn't hurt anybody, and he is in prison. The guy wouldn't hurt anybody. Wouldn't even step on a fucking ant, and he is in prison. It's it's a complete fucking outrage that this guy, this nonviolent guy, he doesn't pose a threat to anybody except for to those who pose a threat to everybody, which are the fucking institutions of war and spying. That he's a threat to them, but not to the people they go to war against, the ones that they drop bombs, they drop drone strikes on, and they spy on. He's not a threat to those victims. He's only a threat to the ones who are the fucking perpetrators. He's a nonviolent man with a big fucking heart. And uh, it, it, it just makes me sick that he is sitting right now as we are here together in that fucking dank, rancid fucking cell at Balmore's. Now, for two fucking years, he's got to sit around with that fucking brain and that heart he's sitting around and that he gets out for one hour a day, gets 10 minutes on the fucking phone. That's it. Five minutes on the phone with Stella and the kids or his father. Hell, this is beyond persecution. I have nothing else to say. Roger, you got to close it out. That was a good final word, brother. Yeah. Yes. That's enough. See you guys at the. Thank you so much, Roger Waters. Thank you so much, Randy Credico. I will that, see people. Uh, address out again. It's 885, 885 2nd Avenue. That's right on the northwest corner, the upper side of the street uh, of uh, on 2nd Avenue, 47th and 2nd Avenue. Uh, see you there. And uh, please uh, send somebody from the uh, National Lawyers Guild there as yeah. well with Green Hat. Uh, for jail support for those of us who may engage in non-violent, passive uh, resistance. Yeah. Say good night, Gracie. Good night. Good night, Gracie. Good night, guys. Good See night. you later. See you later. Yeah. Oh, I love you, Randy. Katie, thank, thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Thanks good for watching the Katie Helper Show. See you in person in uh, Monday. Bye. That's tomorrow. We'll be there. See you there. Press the button. 15 hours. Thanks again for listening to The Katie Helper Show. If you like the show, please join the Patreon at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And as always, we remind you that this show could not happen without the support of our listeners. Our show is produced by me, Katie Halper, Nick Palm, Brad Bloom is our audio engineer and an associate producer on the show. Our researcher is Joshua Bregman. And our theme song is by the band Cordova. See you next time.